Hello. Let's talk about friendship, friends, as an intervention. So this first uh, graphic is about three years old, when John was working on Valentine's for his class. He has dysgraphia, for sure. So anytime he has to write, usually the crayon's gonna go flying across the room, okay? But back in this, on this project, and I did do a blog post on it, so there's more information if you want. Just a quick survey or summary to say, he had his list of kids in his class, and he sat down there and wanted to write their names, mark off the list. He just really got into it because he was motivated, because he had kids that were friends, because maybe he really did understand what Valentine's Day was, and he wanted to participate. So whenever your kids have ways that they're showing love to those around them, that they're interested in joint attention, that they're interested in their kid village, that they're doing something that, that you're not making them do, okay? <laughs> really important. Uh, we had a, a meeting tonight uh, online of parent support ideas, and we all said, hey, us parents, we got to back off. And we got to let our kids find their own way and yeah, learn habits and learn how to take care of themselves and be socially motivated. Now, me personally, this summer with all of the self-quarantine with the COVID and some of the other pictures that we've got coming up here, as well as all of my current uh, posts. So what we're looking at is three, four, in some cases, five years old right now, tonight. But if you wanted to go to my um, current social media posts, um, particularly Facebook, I put the most amount of oomph there. We see a lot of John wanting to embrace this kid life, seek people out, um, text them, socially make things happen, be in the pack. He may not, not always be the leader of the pack, but he's not always the last one. And he's got kids in his little posse that's kind of growing organically, as people like to say, that's not what mom's making it, but what genuine interest kids have in each other. And I see how they go out of their way to help him along. Um, he is the youngest one in the pack. And uh, it's a good pack. It's a great little posse. And he is absolutely motivated. So as a as a friendship intervention, he's doing things that there's no way I could teach him. There's no way he'd listen to me but he'll do it because other kids are, or he wants to match them. Okay, let's go on to the next one. That's a group of uh, friends and family that were learning Pokemon Go. And John had never been exposed to too many walking apps, and he's using, I'm not sure if he's using my phone. It has to be because he didn't get his own until maybe just about a year ago. Uh, so we've been real careful about him being in the wrong place at the wrong time with social media. He's got my phone there, and we're walking around one of our local shopping squares with the launch of Pokemon Go, first generation, not the second generation. But you know the one that you kind of have all the virtual gyms? You might remember that. So it's augmented reality. So you're seeing, uh, you're seeing uh, two, two worlds. You're seeing the fantasy world, and then you're seeing actually where you're walking, and they're kind of overlaid on there. Similar to the movie Who Shot Roger Rabbit, the first one came out, kind of virtual... Um, Augmented, I'm sorry, augmented reality, not virtual. 
So there's um, that's his older brother's action with the colored hair. <laughs> and then my friend Lauren and Jeremy and um, Nick. And uh, not Jeremy, that's John there. <laughs> John looks like Jeremy now. So um, anyway, there we're roaming all over the shopping square with Pokemon Go. And uh, I was having as much fun as the kids were. Okay. And John was interested, not because he was with me, but because he was with kids, especially big kids that he could admire and want to be like. Okay, the next picture is one of the many, many kid birthday parties. We'll try to make them happen. If, I think this might have been John's, uh, that similar to one of those bowling parties that we did, um, that I talked about in a previous podcast. This might have been a different year, or it might have been the tail end of that one. Um, I don't, let's see, December of 2016. So we'd have to go back and match it. That would be after his birth date. So that might have been somebody else's somebody else's party. And of course, I'm going to blank out the faces for protection of the kids. Uh, but uh, John's right in there modeling superhero actions and the kids are all goofing off and flopping on the ground. And um, I think he's the only non-neurotypical one in that pack. But he's hanging and he's acting and wanting to be there and being just as silly as anybody else. So bring on the kids, whatever it takes, right? <laughs> and uh, I'm seeing in today's world with them, um, someone who's staying at our house. She's a couple of years older um, by birthday candles of John, and she's very custodial. She's an excellent big sister to John, and she's just making him do stuff and bossing him around. And that's exactly what the doctors and therapists have told me in the past. They said, get some older girls and get them to boss him around socially, <laughs> catch him up socially. And I see it before my very eyes. Okay, click ahead. Now this one's November 17, 2016. So this would be the um, just the new year would have launched about three years ago. And that's John with uh, some of his little girlfriends. Um, that's, uh, I, th I don't know if that's just the day they started doing uh, a party, if there's something going on. I forget what would be happening there right before Thanksgiving. Um, they're out doing something with rollerblades, I think. I think that's the launch of Rollerblade Day. And uh, he is, uh, he's a lucky kid. He's just nonverbal enough, just developmentally delayed enough to be quiet around the other kids. So he's not your stereotypical aspy, smart aleck little kid, right? But he'll be quiet and shy, so sensory averse far more than sensory seeking. He seems to be more sensory seeking when it's just me or, or close family at the house. But when he's out in public, he gets shy really fast, and then he warms up. So these little girls, oh man, they go for him and he's a ladies' man. <laughs> and not just because he's clutching his crotch there. I, I don't know how that happened. It's not like he's purposely trying to, you know, um, but uh, it's just gather up the tail end of that shirt and do something with those fingers because he's twisting them up into all kinds of pretzel shapes. But this is at his elementary school and he is uh, loving it. And he, he does things because the kids are co co coaxing him into. And he, uh, he, he responds well to them. He's charming in a big puppy dog kind of way. And, and uh, even some boys. He's got a lot of boys that would, uh, you know, coach him along too. Anyway, what do I say here? That, uh, oh, in many cases, in many days, I would be in dread of whatever kind of behavior choices John would make, but that's just not ever going to serve anybody. So we just go out into public all the time, stretching him, taking the social risks, letting the other kids understand. And I have some really short explanations for them if they want to understand. So what's this uh, speech delay? 
I uh, grab my tongue. I stick my tongue out. I grab my tongue. Try it right now, okay? Stick your tongue out. Grab your tongue. Okay, now try the talk. And I tell them, I say, that's the thing. John's tongue, this, John's tongue just doesn't work as good as yours. And they go, oh, oh. Which is not exactly the, the way that expressive de- delay of express, expressive speech works, right? But hey, it works great to explain that to a kid. The way I explain sensory um, averse, uh, sensory integration challenges is I said, I tell them, he's just really shy all the time. It's like he's scared all the time. And, and kids get that. They really do. Okay, let's move on here. So another swimming picture. We Get your kid to swim, okay? It's a great, great way to engage. It's wonderful exercise. They won't drown. <laughs> a lot to be said for not drowning. Okay, here you see John's got another little friend there, a little coach. She's going to um, help uh, push him in. And then some of the boys roughhouse and the girls kind of uh, babysit him. So it's, he's just got the best of both worlds. Um, we've had so many parties. This is our backyard. And I did get the house because of what it meant for kids. So um, we've been able to benefit a lot of, of kids in our uh, larger community to come over. And I just have set the house up to be a kid house. And if they want to drip water all over somewhere, that's fine. And I don't really have anything fancy out on the shelves. There's tile on the floor. And it's a kid haven. It's designed that way so that kids want to come over here and swing in the swings upstairs and play with the toys and play in the backyard and whatever it takes so that John's got all of this role modeling, all of this peer, neurotypical peer teaching. It's magical for him. Uh, I put them in my car. I had them come to my house. We just routinely, I, it just does not matter to me that the the house is not perfect. It's totally inconsequential. And so I'll just tell everybody to bring something. So don't make it a burden to be a, 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 a host. Just tell everybody to bring something. Slap it on the table or the counter and let kids fend for themselves and let the parents help pour their own stuff and you can take pictures of the kids and chit chat yourself. So it's always about delegating. It's always about letting everybody feel like they got a part of it, a piece of skin in the game. They contribute to the food. They contribute to the cleanup. They contribute to the socializing. I give kids jobs. I tell them you're in charge of the door. You know, you let people in and you're in charge of the shoes and you're in charge of something else. So kids really want jobs. They want to be responsible. And I find they respond extremely nicely. And then the parents are so grateful just to be able to sit down and ignore their children (laughs) and just chit-chat with other parents that, you know, I kind of bounce around from adults to kids, adults to kids. So it's grand for me. Okay, next picture. All right, so in September of 2016, so this would be a Friday afternoon. I would have put these kids in my car and we would have gone, uh, here we are inside one of the stores. That looks like inside Radio Shack or Office Max. I think we went in to pick up some copies. And so these kids are all horsing around. And one of the advantages of picking kids who's got younger siblings, um, so uh, Zeb's our little buddy there in the blue striped shirt, blue and white striped. And he's got, he's a middle kid, so he's got older sibs and younger sibs. And so therefore he can tolerate John Dandy. And we've been good friends, family friends and kid friends since kindergarten. So the angels smiled nicely on John Fisher when they put him in the same class with, with Zeb and the Cutler family. So here we go. Typically, we'll, we'll go over to a, um, a Chick-fil-A and the kids will play and they'll, I'm, I'll let them order their own stuff. 
Uh, John's in charge of the credit card. I don't order them order for, for food for them. The kids just really need to be as independent as possible. And then another lo lovely thing is that the parents, the moms, typically moms, will come and join us at the table. So we actually got a, a, a multiple layer of ages of people socializing. And the mothers don't always abandon the kids to separate tables. Sometimes we are all commingled right there together. And we it, it's a really good set of conversations. When the kids want to go be little ones, they go off to the, there's a gym right on the other side of the door where you can climb up and climb around. You know, it's not a jumpy castle place because they're at Chick-fil-A, it's a climbing thing. But um, anyway, it's, uh, um, oh, and then you see, I, I in the text there that we spent hours <laughs> driving around. Oh, here's another advantage. So if some of these kids were from rather straight-laced families and they didn't really want them to have the evils of Pokemon Go, then all of a sudden my phone with Pokemon Go makes us a celebrity. So the kids with parental permission can use my phone in the back seat to do the Pokemon Go's, to hatch the eggs, to go to the gyms, to catch the whatever you do with that. And I've actually caught a couple of little critters and we hatched them. So I kind of remember that stuff, but I'm usually the driver. So then they'll let one kid do an action. And I, I think it's until you lose your turn. And then the phone goes to the next kid. So they keep circulating the phone. Everybody gets a chance to, and then they pile on top of each other's you know, playing. So you'll have somebody looking over your shoulder and looking in from the left and from the right. So it's great engagement. So what do I say here? We drove hours <laughs> catching Pokemons, eating Chick-fil-A, and, and then I did my errand. So yeah, we did go inside the store. First time John ever caught four Pokemons and two completely by his, himself. So that's pretty amazing. Alrighty, next picture. All right, so this would be in the early years at elementary, and they're doing the um, the boostathon, the runathon. So there, this would be like the major um, fundraiser for the kids for the PTO that year. And John is lucky to always have a little one or two or three running buddies. And sometimes he's on his own, so he does not always have somebody right by his side. The whole point of it is like the Dr. Seuss book, Oh, the Places You Will Go. The whole point of all of the socialization is that if plan A is with friends, great. If now it's plan B or plan C or plan D and he is by himself, to still be at peace in his own skin, to be comfortable, to either be riding his bike by himself, see who's there, walking around the bleachers at the football game by himself, see who's there. So that actually can lead to kind of a extroverted um, a mindset, right, which is myself, is that if I float from group to group to group and I'm happy, well, then that's actually awesome because I could always stay with a group if I preferred, but I'm okay entering a room full of people that I don't know and I'll just figure it out as I go. So whether he is an introvert or an extrovert, we're not exactly sure because all of the sensory challenges and the diagnoses and the learning differences kind of template on top of that. Time will tell as he emerges. He does seem to be more of the introvert if he's lost in electronics. <laughs> but he's if he's with kids, he's he, he's a slow boil extrovert, <laughs> real slow boil. But here he is hanging out with kids, running around. These are all neurotypical. There's a couple of kids in here with uh, learning differences, and sometimes sometimes they'll flock together, and other times they just kind of pass as they lap each other. And again, John's lucky enough to be a cute little kid and not a smart aleck, so he will frequently have somebody that 
wants to mother hen him. And that's pretty awesome. All right, now, anything that midline crossover, anything that's motor planning, anything that uses upper body strength, anything that's like bilateral, and you do. You, you've got your feet and your hands doing something similar, but they're still kind of doing something different. Um, and you might have left-right bilateral too, right? Because you're trying to climb on one side and then the other side. So the beautiful thing about these rock walls is, well, have you ever tried to climb one? I did once. And boy, my upper body strength was pathetic. I got up about 10 feet and that was it. And uh, it was my knees more than my upper body. Um, it's just hard to get my knees in that position. I just don't have the cartilage anymore. So in this case here, it's scouts and they're working on something together. So absolutely proprioceptive, absolutely vestibular, absolutely midline crossover, motor planning, um, core strength, um, sensory integration, the challenges of that visual teaming so uh, superb and the camaraderie of the kids and yeah he's 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 trying to reach a higher bar you know not only not every time does he get up to the top to ring the bell and usually like they've got straps on them it's hard to see because the straps go back go up and back behind us so we don't see the keepers and if he has to bail you know he's not falling uh, they're just gonna he's just gonna bail faster than some of the other kids might and it sure does not look like therapy, but awesome stuff. If you can get your kids to do this, it just builds their muscles, builds everything about their confidence. Okay, next one is uh, <laughs> Burger King. All right, now this adorable little kid is our uh, John's cousin brother, um, nephew. So John is the older, he's the uncle, but Adam is the, uh, I'm sorry, so John is three days younger, two days younger than Adam. Um, but he is the uncle, not the nephew. And those two kids are like, uh, Adam and John are so very different, but they are so very camaraderie. They love to get around each other. They get silly. Sometimes John rises to Adam's intellect, and sometimes Adam likes to play around with, with wherever John is at the time. So they just have a blast together. I, I hope you have kids like that in your, uh, in your, your kid's life. If you don't have them because of family and bloodline, then make them because of friends. You know, you can't always have the family you want, but you can sure choose the friends that you have. So build that village. It's, it's an absolute for sure that anytime these two kids get together, John's speech is going to be elevated. He's going to have to, he's not going to want anything to do with me and maybe a little bit with his dad, but boy, is everything's little is, is Adam. And so when they play, they talk, they wrestle, they are silly, they read, anything that they're doing um, is, is, is learning for John. So on a daily basis, when they're hanging out, like say for a week or two weeks or the summer, as much as can be, all of those things that I'm saying there, intrinsic motivation, I'm working on the nutrition. John eats better than Adam eats. Um, uh, the healing, um, all the midline crossover, the social emotional, the executive functioning, the just being silly, ordering the foods, laughing, building humor, peace of mind, joy in the flow. Love kids and, and what they can teach. Okay, okay, the next one uh, looks like uh, bow and arrow, right? This is actually one of our scout camps. And uh, this is more of a young leader as opposed to a friend that pals around with John. Um, it was archery day. 
John has never held a bow in his uh, in his w before, so he's got all the straps and the hands and the bow and the tension and the arrow and the everything else, and and uh, he's doing this because he wants to. And this child, this young guy in the blue shirt, is one of the young counselors and is very patient, very awesome. So it was a great week, hot, miserable. Um, but one of John's best crowning achievements of the week was, um, oh, and the kid with, see what it says there? The camp director's son is the kid in the blue. And so as one of the um, range rangers, he uh, just has an extra amount of skin in the game because he's been doing this. He's a leader. He's a mentor. And he's the, like, pastor's kid, <laughs> except he's the director's kid. So um, John was very funny. The, the arrow would like go one foot and then fall to the ground. Um, but I, I knew not to laugh out loud. What do I say there? I covered my grin when he... he he's actually trying to push the whole bow and arrow forward because he doesn't quite have it down. He's got to pull it back, you know, tension in the... And hold that tension with the muscles and then boom, let that thing go. But it was a great day. John's first day of archery at scout camp. Miserably hot. I was there, one of the, the moms on site to kind of help out. But I sure faded my, my everything as much as I could. I was just there in case fire ants caused us to have another issue. Uh, but I was not there to do anything to interfere. It was a great day for John. Okay, here's another <laughs> great day. So we're at the Kids Museum, the Children's Museum, our local one. And um, so for uh, 10 bucks, you have to count mom going in too. There's just all these things to play with and do and crawl around and try. So look for kids' museums. And if you can, take uh, a friend. Awesome. If you cannot, then just hang back and see who plays with who because that's what's going on there in that uh, uh, where the, um, the one with the orange walls is there was some kid and they're just playing together. So... Uh, and all of the sensory play and the motor planning to get the shoes on and off and wear the costumes and to climb through stuff and then to get into the art and the writing. And the, they have, like, not exactly a sand pit, but it was kind of like that. It was uh, more like uh, the rubber that goes underneath the swings on a playground, the old black pebbles of things. They had one of the fireman's poles. It was a great day. So uh, take your friend if you can, but if you cannot, then look around. Uh, don't, not, don't necessarily make it happen, but back off and just see if it can't accidentally happen. And that's what you want, is you want your kid to be just lonely enough that they'll make the effort. And you can't be cruise director as the parent and get your kid to learn how to do their own social stuff. All right? They've got to want to. Okay, click ahead. Ooh, we're going now backwards back to November. So many years, like six, almost six years ago. And uh, John's flying to get to his nephew cousin. So you see the, the result down there at the bottom where they finally got out to the airport and met Adam. So John's traveling in this case with his dad, not me. So he's managing, that's an airport uh, seat there. And that's all awaiting, right? And all those machines you gotta hang with and the cabin pressure. Now, I don't know if you did this when your children were babies, but, oh dear God, when you come down, the change of air pressure, and somehow we've been able to get past that now with him being older. And I think he still gets his ears glued up, you know, when um, with the change of pressure, but we, you know, with chewing or candy or something like that, um, he's not really into gum yet, 
but I could give him a straw and, oh my God, he'll chew on that thing and it'll pulverize. So that's like, that's something else. So if you're trying to figure out some way for your kid to have the ear um, uh, pain the least amount, consider giving them a really long straw while they're sitting in the airplane chair. We do that now as a redirect instead of him grabbing his shirt and just chewing it, you know, and have the, the whole wet front and the, the, the holes in the shirt. But it also would work because they probably won't swallow it, and but they will quickly make it gum. Now, he, he won't put gum in his mouth, I think, because the flavor is intense for him. I think it's just like, woohoo, too much, man. Can't take that cinnamon. Um, but he, he seems to be able to just pulverize that straw into the same piece. It looks just like a little striped piece of gum, but it stays in his mouth a long time. Okay, so there's headphones that he would be responsible for. Put in his own backpack, take his little his own little pulley suitcase. So he has to be responsible for pulling it and packing it and, and getting it on and off all of the um, carousels. His um, uh, he's in charge of his the headsets there. Um, you can see the little uh, computer that he takes or, or DVD. That's a little portable DVD player. That was back in the day. Now there's all kinds of other electronics, right? Um, not that I am happy he's stemming on electronics when he's on the airplane, but keeping your kid quiet and still, right? That's a thing. And I remember in those early days of trying to be on an airplane with him and then the whole don't kick the seat in front of you thing and the dirty looks you get from people and then the squawking, right? Because it's uh, for all the reasons that a kid with sensory integration is going to squawk like a, like a screech owl on the airline and you're going to get all kinds of dirty looks from people. So, Oh, and then he's taken uh, one of his little uh, doggies there. That was actually Big Brother's dog from a long, long time ago. The little lovey thing. So push those travel um, adventures. It's, it's scary the first time you think you're going to take your kid on an airplane, but it has worked out dandy for us. In fact, John is an excellent, excellent, excellent little traveler, and I intend to do a lot more of that with him as the years go by. Lots of places to go, and traveling for kids, there's so much to learn, and so much acceptance and um, other cultures and other foods and be quiet, stand still, wait here, let's go. You know, there's a lot of executive functioning and there's, it's the opposite of a routine, right? That's the opposite of letting somebody be a robotic. So I love the randomness of that, that I purposely go out of my way to mix things up for that kid. So there's no comfortable groove, no comfortable habit of this is all I have to stretch. Everything in his life is stretching all the time as much as mom can possibly do it at some risk, right? I'm willing to take those risks because I know what life is going to be like for him and it won't be a nice, comfortable little rut or that won't be much of a life. He'll be stuck in the basement. Okay, we're back to the climbing of the rocks. Well, also bowling and just playing with his, in this case, it's his cousin. So little boys are wrestling. They're both basically singletons. So the fact of getting to wrestle with somebody is a, a novelty. So pretend these guys are siblings, right? Um, because that's essentially what they are. They are each other's best family kid friend. When they get together, it's like, oh, I just found my brother again. And uh, so it could be in all kinds of activities, <laughs> even wrestling on the bowling floor there. So we, uh, we have um, wrestling and kickball and physical learning. So, you know, you gotta, if our kids are so sensory averse that they don't ever wrestle, then they're going to be missing out on a lot of the physical learning. 
I grew up on a farm. There was five of us. I'm the oldest. And so we did all kinds of wrestling growing up and getting comfortable in our skin um, on the farm doing, you know, mud pies and climbing trees. Maybe kids these days don't get quite as much. I think that's true. We roamed all over the farm, just made a mess of stuff. Kids, kids don't always get that much uh, motor planning out in the sunshine in, in these days. So take advantage of that kind of thing if you can. Having a buddy is a real nice thing. It's not always that, that they want to pal with mom or dad, but having another kid along can, can really open up a lot of um, new experiences. Or finding a kid. So we've actually gone on vacation, and I've just been looking around to find a good kid that uh, I maybe could make friends with the parent and then see if the if we could find a, a time to accidentally meet by the pool or something, or somewhere that the, the kids might strike up a, a little bit of a friendship. It doesn't have to last a friendship forever, but uh, for the moment, for the adventure, for the day, it'd be really great to be able to make a, quickly make a friend and then maybe try to stick together. Now with the text messages, they can, I mean, John's learning more about Messenger with, for Kids, WhatsApp, um, text messages, video calls, Oh, and staying in touch with, with other kids. So mom's not cruise director anymore, which is great, right? Okay, here's, uh, again, call, call these brothers, call these siblings. Uh, they don't really have rivalry. It's, it's their cousins. Um, but because they're both singletons and Adam is um, really a, a sweet kid and John is not a smart aleck, they're just really happy to have each other. So this is actually in Disneyland. So... It's, it's powerful to, to let kids show love and friendship to each other and the parents back off and let them figure it out. Um, they make a really good collaboration. So put your kid with a few other kids and then stay out, butt out. Just let them figure out how to do it. And if it takes an extra hour, so be it, right? It's not, it doesn't need to be fast or perfect. Go find something for yourself to do. In fact, I do this now when John can be in a safe place, like grocery store. I'll say, okay, you go find something you want and you meet me up in the front at the checkout in 10 minutes. And I let him roam all over the store, whether he's by himself or with, with he, if he's with our foreign exchange student or somebody we take or somebody that he knows from inside the store, if it's a neighborhood. And I just give him a, you know, a time frame and then I say, meet me up by the cashier so that they can learn how to motor plan and socially navigate and be comfortable in their own skin and have the executive functioning of finding their way around a place, either solo or with a small group. It's really important skills. Okay, here's a wonderful Let Them Drum episode. It was actually one of our... Um, uh, uh, I, I helped to run a nonprofit for the siblings in the special needs family, neurotypical siblings. So what we had here was a day of drumming with Let Them Drum. And then we did a uh, um, special needs sibling outlet, uh, um, outing. We did a um, restaurant tour at California Pizza. Then the kids all got to make their own pizzas and um, cook them. Huh? Uh, so that was fun. It was a nice day. So in this case here, he would tip, normally he would have been with, so it was a day of being some with neurally diverse uh, peers and some of the day with neurally typical peers. So, you know, he's kind of straddles both of them. So, and also I have in there that it's the first time he's ever eaten more than one bite. <laughs> 
of pizza. He knows he's supposed to put the pizza in his mouth. So back in 2016, like, okay, fine. Shut up, mom. I'll shove this pizza in my mouth. I'll take one bite and then I'm losing it. But this time he took more than one bite. So, hey, we're moving. We're moving forward. Totally awesome. Okay. Last two pictures. So here again, we're back with Adam and this is out at a park. So they're playing with the ducks. They're uh, getting close to the water. I'm backing way off. I'm letting them have their own latitude. I'm not hanging really close and getting all scared about, oh, water's edge. Oh, you're going to get muddy. Oops, you're going to fall in the water. I, I just tell them, take their shoes off if they're going to do that. Let the, and socks, right? Please, dear God, take your socks off too. So the peer modeling is awesome. In this case, we got up really early really early and they well no they got up really early right yeah what do I say they're 5 a.m. that's their jet lag jumping on the bed I don't think I was up at 5 a.m. I try never to do that <laughs> um so anyway that's the joy of kids so find other kids whatever you got to do um and then take a break back up back off so I think um all right so here to show is we we had a, a some friends that were that came into Friday nights, they call them Friday night lights when they do track meets. And so John's a little kid. He is not in track. Uh, not yet. He's not in track. And uh, so these are bigger kids that he's known for many years and they're running long distance. So when they, when the uh, races take off, we're standing on the edge and he sees these, excuse me, I sneezed. Um, so he's watching in this case, um, Harrison, and um, I forgot Harrison's brother's name. Um, they're, they're running and they're doing long distance. And so it's a thundering herd of all these boys that are two or three years older than John. So he's, he's getting the, the groove of what track and long distance running is. Then we have a long walk from the parking lot over to there. Lots of people. We got to make sure he doesn't get lost. He's socializing, kind of hanging in there with mom, back and forth, back and forth. Where's the food? Where's the bathroom? Lots of people. Where's the water? Up the hill, down the hill. It's the race. It's loud. Get out of the way. Pay attention. Come here with me. And then it rains in the dark <laughs> with Clark in the park. So it was just a beautiful day of stretching all kinds of um, dendrites. And so I took this picture in the parking lot before we got in the car to call it a day, to call it a night. And he was fine. So again, more reasons to just make sure that your kid gets a variety of, of change-up pitches. Please don't tell them yes all the time. Please don't cater to their stimming. Please don't just leave them unattended while you go hide. Yeah, it takes longer when we have to intervene and tell them no and maybe watch from afar while they try to figure out what to do. But he doesn't get to have electronics in his room. He doesn't get to have a TV in his room. He doesn't get to go do his homework in his room. He's going to be out in the main part of the house with me, with someone else, because we're always trying to build engagement so he can see what the modeling looks like. And he can ask questions. And he can, I mean, he's, he's going in the right direction. So it's the opposite of hiding, okay? So that would be my big wish for you, and peace be with you, is that you just do not hide. Whatever is the opposite of that, the opposite, okay? Thanks for your time tonight. Um, friendship as interventions. Uh, find thousands of ways that, that uh, other kids or maybe adults or strangers or just anything that has to do with socializing and friendship and building friendship and how do you make it keep going. 
of this communication tools. Use those. They're all for their future. Okay, thanks for your time.